This morning, what I want to talk about is uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And that's, I guess that I could entitle that my message, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty easy to understand. But yet, like I said a while ago, sometimes instead of uh, going to what the Bible says or trusting the Lord and seeking him and what in, his, in all of our ways, we want to do it our way. And then when we get to a point where it thinks, oh, man, this ain't working out, then we want to go back and see what the Lord has to say about it. But the first thing we need to do is we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And the way you do that, some of the ways, is you have to, you have to know the Lord, know the Word. You have to act on the Word and uh, read it. And one way you can learn and get to know the Lord is coming to church. You know, the Bible says not to forsake the assembly. We ought to always be here every chance we get simply because of what the Lord has for us. We can hear things in His Word. We can receive things from His Word that could change your life cause your life never to be the same from that day forward. Amen? So that's, what we, that's how we trust the Lord. We, we, we know his word. We do his word. We act upon his word. You know, the word says in Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you don't know about it, then you can't act on it or do it. And one way to, to learn it is by trusting the Lord, getting in his word, reading it, putting the work in your life, acting on it, and you see the results of it. And that, and that works for anything, anything coming your way. I know while we was on a vacation uh, this week, I had a, somebody call me about work. I told Rita, I said, I don't have to wonder what's going on at work because there's always somebody calling me even when I'm off work telling me what's going on. Anyway, they, they were going to change our, the time on our job. And uh, I thought, well, okay, that, that won't be too bad. But anyway, after they told me that, I got, to, I got to thinking about it. And thoughts started coming to me about this, about that, you know, what. And I thought, man, I don't need this right now. And uh, so... I started just praying about it. I, I went to the Lord in prayer, and I, and I prayed in the Spirit because I thought, you know, that's how I can pray his perfect will and, uh, and get his perfect will in the situation. I don't want to pray just in English because sometimes we pray selfishly of what we want, what we desire, but we pray the, in the Spirit we're going to pray the Lord's will, his perfect will. So I prayed about it, you know, and, and I, I still didn't have that release on it, and we were, doing, like, we were on vacation and we were doing some stuff, and I got another opportunity. I prayed a little bit more about it in the Spirit. And finally, as I was praying about it, I heard in here, don't worry. Don't worry about it. And so I thought, well, instead of me just taking what the Lord said, I can go to his word and look at it. Well, I went in Matthew chapter 6, you know, where it says not to worry. And it says, you know, don't worry about things because worrying about things is not going to add, it says one cubit to your stature. Anyway, it's not going to make you get any bigger. It's not going to help out any. So why worry about it? Well, after, I, after he told me that and I read it and acted on it, then... I mean, it's like, it's like the thoughts just went away. You know, I, I, I did what he said to do. I trusted in him, put my faith and my confidence in his word, and did what he said, and I got the results. Amen? And that's what, that's what we need to do when we trust in the Lord. Um, another instance is, uh, well, while we were on vacation, uh, I don't know, probably none of you have done it. We got a little, little spat. You know, I, I said something I probably shouldn't have said, and, and uh, you know, you know how it is sometimes. You get a little, you get a little irritated, and you say something you shouldn't have said, and, and I thought, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And, and uh, a little bit after that, my back started hurting right through here. Now, now some people might say, see, that's the Lord telling you right there you did wrong. That, that's not the case. I don't know. I must have turned wrong or did something wrong. But my back started hurting right here, you know. And I, I went to stoop over, and I thought, man, this really hurts. I don't know what I did. 
but it started hurting. So I, I was in there, and I was getting ready to take a shower, and uh, when I was in the shower, I thought, you know, I need to, I need to get rid of this backache. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. Well, when I was in the shower, I got to thinking about Kenneth Hagin, one of his books that I had read, and it was talking about some people that always got their healing quick. And the reason they did that because they were always quick to repent. They didn't let things linger. They didn't let things, you know, uh, get worse than what they were. And once they did realize they did wrong, they repented, and then they received their healing. So I thought, well, I think the Lord's telling me, you know, talking to me about this. So I, I just confessed what I did. I asked the Lord to forgive me. And after I did that, I put my hands on my back and prayed for my back and released that healing anointing. And I'm telling you, the pain went away. You know, and, but that's what I'm saying is when we trust in the Lord, when he gives you instruction, when he gives you guidance, we need to act on it. Not just sweep it under the rug, say, oh, well, you know, which leads to the next verse. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Now, sometimes we always like to try to figure things out. Well, how do I do this? Like, like say, for instance, those two examples right there. I could have kept thinking about things and letting things, you know, kind of worry me. And I could have put up with the backache if, I, if I'd have wanted to. That's my choice. But I chose not to worry and ruin my vacation. I chose not to, wor- to put up with the backache. So I went to the Lord, and he showed me what to do, and, and I acted on it in his word, and it got the results. Now, I could have figured it out in my head, you know, well, this, that, and this, just lean to my own understanding. But instead, I went to him. So when we go to our own understanding, we always try to figure out how God's going to do something, you know, when he's going to do it, He's going to do it this way, he's going to do it that way. And when we try to figure it out or reason out, sometimes we, can, we miss and we can miss God's best by us trying to figure things out and doing it our way. In 2 Kings, I'm going to go there. I, I didn't, I'm not going to put it up. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, it's verse 1 through uh, 17, I believe. But I've got just a couple of, few verses I'm going to read for the sake of time. It's talking about Naaman a commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was a great, mighty man of valor, and, but he also had leprosy. And they had gone out on a raid, and they captured a, a girl from the land of Israel, and he took that girl, and she was his wife's uh, maidservant. Well, she knew about his leprosy, and she also knew about the prophet in Israel, which was Elisha. And she told Naaman's wife, he goes, if your uh, husband only knew about the prophet in Israel where he could go and he could be healed of this leprosy. Well, she told Naaman this, you know. So, make a long story short, he went to Elisha to receive his healing for leprosy. But he had this thought in his head that when he went there, that Elisha would come out with him and, and wave his hand over him and speak mighty things and great things, you know, and that he'd be healed. But what happened was Elisha sent his servant out there and told him to go dip in the River Jordan seven times and he would be healed. Well, this infuriated him because... It didn't happen the way he thought it was going to happen. He thought it was going to be something great and mighty, some spectacular thing, you know, that was going to happen. And by him expecting that, he almost missed the supernatural because he was looking for the spectacular. That's a lot, a lot of times that's what we do. We look for the spectacular, something that says, ah, oh, you know. And when sometimes it says something so simple that God does, we almost miss it. But anyway, uh, Naaman, he was furious. He, he left, you know, and he said, why should I go into the the River Jordan, when I have rivers of my own country, and the River Jordan, you know, was muddy and dirty and everything, and the rivers in his country ran, were in clean and fresh. And uh, he went back, and one of his servants told him, said, if the man of God had told you to do something really great and mighty, would you not have done it? He said, well, yeah, I would have. He said, so why not just do what he says? Act on what he's telling you, you know? 
So he finally succumbed to it, and he went and dipped in the River Jordan seven times, and he was healed of his leprosy. But he almost missed it because he was expecting something great and spectacular, and it was something so simple that he had to do to be healed. And that's what we do sometimes. We try to figure things out in our head. We, we have the way things, we think they're supposed to work out. We think they're supposed to come about, and we miss it. I know one time when uh, Zach used to work for the railroad, we were, uh, it was 4th of July, and he was away from home in McAllister, and he was going to catch a train to come back. Well, sometimes catching a train can take up to 12 hours to get back home. And we knew if he took 12 hours, he would miss 4th of July. But they have other ways of getting him back, which what they call, uh, which they can ban him back, when it only takes three or four hours to get back. But anyway, we prayed about it, and we believed the Lord he'd, he'd be there. Well, I had this in thought in my head that he'd, he'd catch a van, he'd get back in three or four hours and get there in plenty of time. Well, he didn't catch a van. He caught a train. And immediately, the thoughts came into my head, well, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. You know, he's not going to be there. Well, I, I just, I didn't start speaking a lot of stuff. I didn't speak it. I just disregarded it and went on. Anyway, later on that evening, he called, said he was already home. He got there quicker than what we thought, and he was going to be able to make it down. Well, I was in there getting ready for that evening, taking a shower, and uh, the Lord always talks to me when I'm taking a shower. <laughs> but anyway, I was taking a shower, and I was, I was, as I was taking a shower, I got to thinking about, you know, Zach made it and everything. And, and this is what the Lord, he said to me, he kind of got on me, he said, he said, it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen, and you didn't think it was going to happen, did you? And I thought, ooh, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty good right there. And I, when he corrects you like that, I, and, I, and I have to admit, I did think that it probably wasn't going to happen. I kept thinking that, because I, I had it all pictured out in my head how it was going to work and how it was going to pan out. And, uh, but it panned out all right, but, yeah, he got on me. He said, you know, just because it didn't happen the way you thought doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So, you know, we need to think about that sometimes when, when we're uh, believing God for some things, and uh, he's guiding us and directing us. Don't, don't sit there and try to figure things out. I was deer hunting one time here a while back, and it was on a Sunday, Sunday evening. I came to church that morning, and, you know, I, I used to always like to go hunting on Sunday morning, but I, I told the Lord, I said, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore on Sunday morning. I'm going to church, and I, I got just as good a chance of getting a deer Sunday evening as I do Sunday morning, you know. So I, I went to church that day and, we came, and came home, and I was wanting to go hunting, and I had, a, I had a spot picked out where I wanted to go. Well, I went in there that evening. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of late. But anyway, the leaves were real crunchy and, you know, it hadn't rained in a while. And every time you walked, you, you crunched and everything. It made it sound like you could scare every deer within two miles away because you're crunching on the leaves, you know. Well, I stepped out of my truck and got up there where I was going to hunt at. And uh, I seen this deer run by. And I thought, oh, too late. That deer seen me. There's no sense me going in where I was going to go. But, I, but on the inside, I knew where I needed to be at. There was a tr- particular tree I had picked out, and there was a lot of sign in there. And I thought, I need to go there. Well, I'm sitting here. If somebody was up in a tree watching, they'd probably got out of the tree and left. They probably thought, what's this idiot doing down there? You know, because I'm, I'm like this here. I'm, I'm walking this way, and I stop. And I look back, and I, I back up this way, and I thought, no, I need to stay here. No, I need to go across. And I'm thinking, you know, and nope, nope, nope. Finally, I thought, no, I know I'm going across. So I went across, and, of course, the leaves were crunching and everything. And little did I know that the moment I got down there by that tree, I had just, just had enough time to load my gun, and this, this buck came running chasing this doe. And he was a nice buck, really good buck. And uh, anyway, I got him. But the thing of it is, I was sitting out there trying to reason things out, thinking, no, I need to go. I'll stay here. No, I'll go over here. 
But how many of you knew the Lord knew when that deer was going to be there and where he was going to be? And it, and it really was up to me whether or not I, uh, you know, yielded to his guidance or not. Amen? And that's, that's what we need to do. No, no matter what you think, no matter what it looks like, if you know on the inside, if you know what you need to do, if you know the Lord's leading you, then don't worry about what your old mind says, your old head says, because your old mind and your old head will lead you wrong. You need to follow your heart, follow what the Lord says. Amen? Amen. Anyway, when we try to figure things out in our head, you know, we get to feeling confident. We get the, uh, of what we decided to do. You know, this is the best way to do it. This is the, the simplest way to do it. You know, this is the way I need to do it. And when we do that, then we miss uh, the next step, which is verse 6. You know, that's when you acknowledge him in all your ways. I think one translation, the New Living Translation, says, in all your ways, seek his will in all you do, and then he'll direct your paths. So, in other words, to acknowledge somebody, you recognize, you pay attention, you listen, and you do what they say. So that's what we need to do with the Lord. When we, we want to we trust him with all of our heart, we lean not to our understanding, but we acknowledge him in all of our ways. Anyway, seek his will in all you want to do. And, uh, you know, Hebrews eleven six, it says, uh, you know, it says, He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, when you come to God, you have to believe that he is. You have to believe that he hears you. You have to believe that, that when you come to him, he's going to listen to you and hear you. And then he's going to, as you diligently seek him, he's going to reward you. He's going to direct your paths. He's going to give you guidance. He's going to give you what you need. You know, uh, one area I want to kind of get on here is, uh, is uh, giving, you know. You know, when we, when we give to the Lord, you know, we, we ought to always, when we give, we ought to always ask the Lord, you know, and I know most of you do, is there something else you want me to do? Is there something else you want me to give? Because, you know, sometimes we don't give him attention of what we're wanting to do or what we need to do. We don't give him the attention to, to guide us and direct us and lead us. Sometimes we just go ahead and just, like an offering, for instance, we just write it out, maybe do something we've always done, continue doing it the same way, and maybe not give him time to so, Lord, you know, is there something else you want me to do? And maybe he might, you know, maybe he might say, yeah, there is. I want you to give a little extra money. And maybe he might say, no. Sometimes I think, you know, we, uh, maybe some of us are, I'm not saying all y'all. I'm just saying, for instance, you might be a little afraid to ask him. So he might, he might say, hey, I want you to give a little extra. And you know, think, ooh, man, I don't know about giving some extra. But, you know, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs, I think it's 1121, that says, uh, it says, uh, well, let's just go there. Let me read it here. I was thinking about this one here the other day, and I didn't have it wrote down, but I'm going to, he brought it up to me, so I'm going to go to it. 11, at 11.24. It says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. I was thinking about this scripture the other day, and uh, I was thinking of, from a farmer's perspective. Okay, you, you have a farmer, he has a certain amount of seed, and he sows over here, and he gets a big harvest, okay? Well, then he gets that big harvest, and he's uh, looking at it, and he says, you know, I think this next time, I might hold a little more back for myself. There's some stuff I want to buy, stuff I want to get, stuff I want to do, so I won't sow as much. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't reap a big, as big a harvest as he did before. Well, then he needs more money, so he holds even more back. It finally gets to the point to where he's not sowing hardly anything, and it, and it leads to poverty. So 
what we need to do is we need to keep scattering. You know, don't let up. Keep scattering. That's why we need to seek the Lord like in the area of giving. If he wants us to do something different, then, then ask him. And let him, let him guide us. Let him direct us. Because he's not going to steer you wrong. I promise you. He's not going to steer you wrong. And, you know, he wants, he wants you to sow so you can keep growing. Because the more you sow, the more you're going to grow. And the more you're going to have to be, to be a blessing to others, be able to give, and be able to have a bigger harvest. Right? Because nobody wants to uh, go into poverty. We want to keep increasing. And that's the way we do it. We keep, we keep sowing what we know to do. Just like this, this farmer here, you know, gets to the point where he thinks, well, I need a little more, a little more, and finally you quit sowing, and you don't have the harvest that you want. So we need, you know, you want to think about that uh, when, we're, when we're giving and, and giving to the Lord. And, and you know what? And the Lord, he'll, he'll, always, he'll bless you as you do that. You know, somebody might say, well, I'm on a fixed income. I really can't do all this that the Lord wants me to do. Well, I promise you this much. If you'll obey him, acknowledge him in your ways, and do what he asks you to do, he'll fix your income. Amen? He'll fix it to where you're not on a fixed income anymore. He'll cause the increase to come. You know, a lot of times it's, it's uh, well, God works through people. When somebody offers to pay something for you, then, then let them do it because that's the Lord doing it. You know, you, you have all these thoughts. Well, I, I remember one time I was believing for a particular tool, and, uh, and I thought, well, and I had in my head, there we go with the old head again, I had in my head how it was going to happen. Some guy was going to walk up to me and say, the Lord told me to bless you with this, you know, and, and there's something, you know, so religious, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's how it's going to happen. Well, a relative of mine, uh, he said, I want to go ahead and buy this for you. And I said, no, 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 that's all right. You don't need to do that. I said, the Lord has got this, you know, because I thought, yeah, that's how it's going to be. Somebody's going to say, the Lord told me to bless you with this and give you this money. And after I told him no and, and, and drove off, <laughs> I knew I missed it because the Lord said, that's how I wanted to do it, you know. That's how I was going to do that. And I thought, yeah, okay, yeah. That's why I say, uh, you know, when, when somebody offers to do something for you and you're believing God for that amount of money and for that particular thing, then, then receive it as a blessing, receive it, and, and, and do it because that's the Lord working. Amen? You know, I mean, that, and it's not a, like I said a while ago, it's not, it's not so much a spectacular, it's a supernatural. You take the, you take the super, which is the word, and you take the natural, which is things you do. We all have a part to do. Just like Damon a while ago in that, in that uh, leprosy, cleansing the leprosy. He had a thing he had to do. He had to act on what the Lord told him. He had to go to the river and dip seven times. And he had to act on it and do what he needed to do. Knew what he needed to do. Had he not done that, he wouldn't have received it. And that's what we have to do. We have to do our part. We all have a part to do. Amen? And if we don't do that part, we're not going to receive all that God has for us. We're not going to receive... Uh, the blessings and the good things that he has for us. We have to act on what he tells us to do. And as you acknowledge him in doing that, you know, as you acknowledge him and, and recognize him and pay attention to what he, what he says, listen to, and do what he says to do, then, then he'll direct your paths. And uh, that's what we're looking for, for him to direct our paths. Don't be mule-headed. Don't be hard-headed. When the Lord tries to, to tell you something and direct your paths, then, then go along with what he's telling you. You know, follow him. You know, at least, uh, at least go part of the way and see, what's, see, what's, see what he's going to do. Don't just say, nope, nope, no, I'm not doing that. I, I, you know, I just, don't, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. You know, you hear people say, well, God works in mysterious ways. But, I mean, I don't see anything mysterious in here. You just take his word for what it says, take it at face value and act on it, you know. And, uh, but anyway, um, Anyway, he, he wants to direct our paths. After we trust him with all of our heart, 
and we're not leaning to our own understanding, we're acknowledging him in all of our ways, seeking his will and what we do, then he wants to direct our paths. And I've got a, I've got a little illustration here, that, like a policeman directing uh, traffic. I mean, you've seen them out there. They're, they're out there in the intersection. They're, they're stopping cars here, and they've got that whistle, and they're whistling. They're waving people on here, you know, and everything. And they keep that traffic uh, flowing smoothly, and they keep it... Uh, uh, going where everything's working good. Nobody's having any accidents. Everybody's getting where they need to go. And, and, he's, and, they always, and like the Lord, he's always going to give you the best route. He wants you to have the safest route. And then sometimes, you know, you know he may make you take a little detour because he knows something's up ahead. I know one time we were, uh, it's been a few years back, we were getting ready to go to town. And we're, you know, like most people, trying to hurry up and leave the house and get to where you're going to go. And I don't know, I, of course, Mom lived in Mounds Inn, and I thought, I'm going to take just a few minutes and call her. And uh, so I did. Anyway, it delayed us about five minutes. We went to town and did our stuff, went to the grocery store, and probably went to Walmart and all that stuff, you know. But anyway, on the way back home, we, we came back uh, down 64 Highway and come across our road, and up there before you get to our house, there's a little S-curve there. And if you take that curve a little too fast, you, you know, you, you stand a chance maybe running off the road there. But evidently, somebody was coming, some kids were coming through there too fast. And it happened about five minutes before we got there. What they did was they, they came across, they came around there, and they, they were going too fast. And as they tried to round that curve, one of their tires, so somehow or another, come off the wheel, and they slid over on the other side of the road. Well, I asked him, I said, how long will this happen? He said, about five minutes ago. And, of course, I got to think, you know, Five minutes ago, if we hadn't took time just to make a simple phone call to delayed us about five minutes, we might have been right there when that happened, you know, right there where that accident was going to happen. And I got to think, you know, sometimes we get in such a big hurry to go places and do things that we don't take time to listen to what's on the inside, that God's trying to tell us something. You know, just sometimes five minutes, five minutes can cause you to avoid something that, that could cause your life to be changed from here on here on after affect your family you know and that's all it takes is five minutes and that's not that much time but sometimes we get in such a big hurry we got to go do this we got to go do that we don't take time for this we don't take time for that and we get out there somewhere where we're not supposed to be and then something happens and then somebody will say oh they were such good people why did God do that to them and it's not God doing it most of the time it's because we don't listen because we don't pay attention we don't heed to what he's trying to tell us but anyway just that five-minute delay right there caused us to not be there at the time when that happened. You know, and I, I just praise the Lord for that. I mean, he's, he's, he's concerned about your safety. He's concerned about your protection. He's concerned about every area of your life. And like I said, he wants you to take the best route. He wants you to have the safest route. And sometime a little detour. That was a, kind of a, like a little detour, you know, because he'll, he'll, he knows what's coming up ahead. He'll, and, and he also knows when you need to accelerate. And he also knows when you need to slow down. Sometimes we get a little too fast. We get out ahead of God. Myself, I'd rather be a little bit slower and be behind. That way I can always see Jesus out in front of me. I don't want to get ahead of him. I used to be bad about that. Running off in a tangent, something come up, sound good, jump in there, start doing it, and ask the Lord to bless me, and then get about halfway through and think, well, this ain't working out the way I think it should. Then I'd have to back up and go back and start over again. And then that time, pay attention to what the Lord's telling me. 
But he knows when you need to accelerate. He knows when you need to slow down. It's kind of like driving on ice. You, all of us have drove on ice. You see how it is. You, most of us take our time and just go steady and easy. And then you have some guy flying around you there. And later on down the road, he's off in the ditch. And you think, well, you know, you could stop and help and see if make sure they're all right and everything. But, and then and other times, you know, going down the road sometimes, you know, the Lord said that, you know, in this life you're going to have a tribulation. You know, so there's things going to happen. Things going to come out your way. You're going to have trouble sometimes. But, you know, Jesus said he overcame it, and we can do the same thing through him. We're overcomers. We can overcome that. But sometimes you, you find yourself maybe off on the side of the road. You know, uh, maybe you've uh, broke a hose, or maybe you blew a gasket. Anybody here ever blew a gasket? <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. But when you find yourself that way, you know, just you, you go to the Lord, and, and if you've done something wrong, you ask for uh, forgiveness, you know, and, most people in the world, when they, when they find themselves in trouble on the side of the road, they got AAA. But we got the Trinity. We got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I mean, the three of the, you know, they know everything about everything around us. So we have them to depend on. We don't have to pull out our AAA card. We can go to the Lord, you know, and he'll give us guidance. He'll give us direction and get us out of that trouble we got ourselves into because of something we didn't listen to or something we did kind of stupid, you know. But anyway, and he's, he's still guiding us, still directing us, you know. And uh, let me see where I'm at here. Anyway, uh, I was going to th- throw this in there. When we, when we went to Missouri uh, this week, we got into Missouri, man. I think mean, the roads were smooth and, you know, and, and real good. It felt like you were gliding on them. I told Reed, I said, well, you know, when you get back into Oklahoma, <laughs> I mean, almost the, I didn't even know where the, where the border was, but Rita goes, we're going to be back in Oklahoma now, and all of a sudden you hear this, you know, these rough roads and everything. I think maybe they designed that to keep you awake. <laughs> you know, they want them to be too smooth, but, but anyway, you always know when you're back in Oklahoma because of the rough roads. But, you know, and that's another thing about the Lord guiding you. He, don't, he doesn't want you to be on them old rough roads and everything that causes more wear and tear on your car, you know, wear and tear on you. He, he wants your paths to be straight. He wants them to be smooth. He wants them to be as good as he possibly can. But we have to listen to him in order to find that path, to find that road. Because, you know, when we do things our way, sometimes things don't, and always, don't always run smooth. They don't always run the way that we think they should. Um, and along the path that he takes you, you're going to have blessings. You're going to be blessed. You're going to run into people that, that you can minister to, run into people you can bless, run into people that are minister to you. You're going to meet new people, make new friends. And not only that, but as you follow the path that he, he wants you to take, you're going to, uh, you're going to be able to uh, fulfill the plan and purpose he has for your life. Because he's got a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. And it's up to us whether we pursue that or not. I mean, he has a, a will. His will here in the Bible is for everybody, you know, to be, to be healed, to be blessed, you know, to be born again and to walk in his ways. But as you, as you start studying and reading the word, you realize that God has a plan for us as individuals and us as a whole for this particular body of Christ. And, and if you don't follow the path that he has for you and you don't seek that path, then you'll never fulfill the plan, never fulfill the purpose and plan he has for your life. And, you know, like right here, this, this little group here, I mean, we do a lot. I, me and Philip was talking about this here a while back. Um, I don't know, you get to thinking about numbers sometimes, all these big churches and everything. Of what you know, how many people go there, and everything like that. And I'm not knocking big churches. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not doing that. But a lot of it is based on programs about 
social activity, which is nothing wrong with that. But I, I, I believe here we're, we're sincere about wanting to hear the word, wanting to learn the word, and wanting to work for the Lord and fulfill his plan and purpose, not only for our own lives, but for this particular body of Christ. And as we do that, we'll be able to reach out further into the community and reach out and be a blessing to others. But uh, I forgot where I was at now. Anyway, uh, as we fulfill that plan and purpose, you know, it'll just, it'll just work out better for you. As you seek the Lord and, uh, and that comes about, it'll be, it'll be a great blessing to you. And not only to you, but to your, to your family and those around you. You know, as we walk in what the Lord has for us. But we have to be willing to want to do that. It's not going to just happen automatically. We have, to, we have to do our part. We have to be willing to give him something to work with. We have to be willing to, you know, to step out there sometimes, even when you're uncomfortable. And, uh, like, like, for instance, prayer meeting. Okay, I'm not getting on anybody for prayer meeting, so don't, don't take it that way. But, but when we come here for prayer at 940, I mean, that, it's a little early, but it's not that early. But anyway... I believe that that's one of the most important, important services we have is because you get a lot accomplished. You go to the Lord in prayer, and we, we pray out in the English, we pray out in the Spirit, and there's no telling what all we get done and what all we get accomplished in that little short of time right there. And, you know, and, and like I was talking a while ago about me and Philip talking about a, a small group. That's where I was going. Uh, it's it's kind of like Gideon. You know, he started out with uh, like twenty or 30,000 men, but the Lord whittled him down to 300 to get something that he wanted done, accomplished. And what he did was he picked out the ones, he whittled it down to the ones that were, I believe, sincere in heart, that had a, a willing mind, a willing heart to do what the Lord wanted them to do. And they got a lot accomplished. And that's what I think about right here, in this particular group here we have. Everyone here is sincere about being here. Everyone here is sincere about the Word. Everyone here is sincere and concerned about learning the Word and acting on the Word and doing the Word, that God's able to do a lot of things. He's able to accomplish a lot of things. I mean, you just look around at the way the church looks right now, and the outside and, and, the, and the building being gone right there. I mean, there's churches three or four times this size that don't get things done like that. And all of it is, is based upon is uh, trusting the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not to understanding, because your own understanding would tell you there's not enough people here to do what needs to be done. There's not enough finances here to do what needs to be done. But there is, because the Lord blesses us. And as we acknowledge him in all of our ways and seek his will in all these things, he's going to direct our paths. And that's what he's been doing all along here. And that's what he wants to continue to do. Plan, back to plan and purpose here. You know, some people may say, well, I'm, I'm uh, like in my own case, I'm 59. I know I look about 40, but anyway, no. <laughs> anyway, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are or how many times you've tried this and that's one thing about trying it. You don't just try it. You do it. If you try it, you can expect to fail because any little thing goes wrong, any little thing, any little mishap comes about, you're going to say, this doesn't work, I'm going to quit. And the Word says that once you receive the Word, Satan comes immediately to steal the Word. Why does he do that? Because he doesn't want you acting on it and, and doing it and putting that seed in here where it can grow and become big and strong. Because he knows the bigger and stronger it gets, the harder it is to, to take away from you. And he's not going to do it. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter how many times you've tried, how many times you may have failed. I don't care how, how old you are or anything. It's never too late to start. You can take, you can take this message here today and these, these uh, two scriptures here and these principles here and put it to work in your life today and you can change your life from this day forward. It can never be the same if you'll just do it. But that's the thing, you have to do it. 
You can't, I mean, yeah, it's good to come and hear things and read about things, but sometimes it takes a little work, it takes effort, and you just have to do it. Just do, be like that, be like a Nike Christian, just do it, you know? But anyway, uh, I got another uh, little illustration, kind of, well, uh, illustration out of the Bible I want to read. It's in 2 Kings 4, 1, 7. And I know most of you know this about the, the widow's oil. I want to read this. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's got a lot in it. It's got, I mean, it goes along with what we're talking about. And what this woman did was, uh, you know, we could, we could learn a lot from it. Uh, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my sons, my two sons, to be slaves. Well, first thing she did, she found herself in a situation that was pretty, pretty dire. You know, um, her husband had died, but she had enough sense to go to the man of God, her man of God, which was Elijah, the prophet. And she knew he heard from God, and she knew he could give her instruction. So she trusted, trusted in the Lord, so to speak. And she didn't lean on understanding. I'm sure her mind was racing saying, oh, what are you going to do now? And, you know, like a lot of people, well, I'll go out and get three jobs, or maybe four jobs to get this uh, financial situation turned around. But that's no way to do it. We need to go to the Lord first. Trust in him with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See what he's going to tell you about it. See what he tells you. He may tell you to go get a, a job. He may tell you to go do this. But whatever he tells you to do, do it. But seek him first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Don't let your old head run rampant and crazy and get you off in a situation where you don't want to be. Anyway... It says that, uh, and, my, and the creditors are coming to take my two sons to be slaves. Now, there was a time in my life when mom might have said, take them, you know. Because <laughs> um, there was a time in my life when I was pretty ornery. But anyway, they're, they're, they're coming to take her sons. I mean, she's, she's, you know, she's probably worried, distraught, and she's thinking, what am I going to do? I've got to do something. Well, she went to their man of God and looked for instruction. And anyway, he said, so Eliza said to her, what shall I do for you? And he said, also, tell me what you have in the house. Well, she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, sometime when you go to God, like I said before, he's going to ask you, what do you have that I can work with? And, and you may not have anything. You may not have nothing in the house. Suppose you don't, but you have yourself. You can offer yourself. You can say, well, you know, I, I can, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. I know I, Kenneth Copeland, when he first got started out, he was in a meeting. And uh, he said he went, I guess, maybe it was when he got born again, I don't know. But anyway, he was in a meeting. He didn't have anything to give, but they gave him a visitor's packet. And it had a pencil in there, a lead pencil. And they were taking up the offering. And he asked somebody, says, is this pencil mine? He said, yes. So he took that pencil, he dropped in the offering because he wanted something to give. You know, he's not, he's not trying to scam anybody or anything. He was sincere in his heart. He wanted to give. And that's what he had, the only thing he had to give. So he gave that pencil. Well, at the end of the meeting, somebody came up to him and, and handed him I don't remember if it was 10 or $20. Well, he went and got the pencil out and put the 10 or 20 in. You know, but he was sincere in his heart, and he was, he, was, uh, he, he was doing what he knew to do. Sometimes we don't do what we need, uh, know to do. The Lord will shed light on something or give us uh, light on his word, and we, we fail to do it. But we, what we need to do is begin to walk in the light of the word that we know because once you do that, once you start doing what you know to do, then you can increase and go further because you'll learn more. Amen, but you have to learn, you have to start where you're at. Anyway, um, anyway, this woman says she had nothing but a jar of oil. Now, most people, 
we would have looked at that jar of oil and thought, <laughs> what are we going to do with this, you know? It's only one jar of oil. What, what are you going to do with this? Well, the man of God told her, he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. Now, right there, when he told you not to gather a few, you're looking at this little jar of oil. I'm, I'm just imagining it's like this here. I'm, it may have been a bigger jar, but I'm just, I'm just, in my own head, I got this little jar pictured here. And you're thinking, how in the world am I going to fill up these vessels with this little dab of oil I've got? How am I going to do that? And some people right there would have stopped and quit and not went out and gathered all the vessels that he told them to gather because they're thinking in their head, there's no way this is going to work. There's no way this is going to happen. What good is this going to do? But she didn't do that. She went ahead and went, went along with what the, the man of God told her to do. And uh, he said, And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So that's what she did. She, went, she, she uh, trusted in the Lord. She leaned not to her understanding. She acknowledged him in all of her ways. He told her what to do. He's directing her paths, and that's what she acted upon. So then she went from behind him and shut the door and behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Now, what happened with this woman here? She acted on what the, the man of God told her to do. And she didn't, I mean, she didn't have a whole lot. But what she did was she offered what she had to the Lord. And he took it and he blessed it and multiplied it. And in, what, and in turn, she received enough to go pay her debts. And her and her sons could live the rest of their lives. Now, when God does something for you like that, he doesn't just do it just to uh, get you through for one day. When you trust in God and follow that path he has for you to walk in, when you actually do trust in the Lord and you forget about your own understanding and you acknowledge him, seek his will in all your ways, and when he starts to direct your paths, you'll go down that way, he'll set you up, he'll bless you, he'll provide for you, he'll, keep, he'll cause a continual flow of increase, a continual flow of health, a continual flow of life to come your way. And that's all we have to do is act on what he says to do and continue to do that. But sometimes, you know, we get out there and, and like I said, get to thinking about things, and we stop going down that path that he has for us, and uh, that's when things start to go a little, little haywire. Um, I've got another illustration here that I want to share. And, and Anyway, before uh, we went on vacation, I, uh, I was wanting to get a haircut. And, and I kind of, it was on a Saturday, and I kind of waited until the last minute. I had, ta- I had thought about doing it a week week or two before, I just kind of forgot about it. But anyway, I was wanting to get a haircut. And I always figured when I go in to hair- get a haircut, they always figure that's going to be easy money right there because we only got to cut about half his head. So anyway, but I called this woman that usually cuts my hair, and she goes, well, I'm all booked up today, and I don't have time to do it. And I said, oh, man, I said, there's no way you can work me in. She goes, I'm the only one here today. I can't get you in. I'm, I'm sorry. So I thought, uh, okay. Well, I had to run uptown, so I had a few errands to run. And I went to the grocery store and, I don't know, did a few other things. But I, uh, I called uh, Ashley, and I asked her about the, the ones that cut her hair. If she knew anybody that cut hair, and she, she gave me two or three names. And, and then I called Zach, too, the person that cuts his hair, and he gave me her name. So I called her, and she said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not working today. We're closed today. I just can't do it. I said, okay. I said, you know anybody else that might can? No, I don't. I don't know anybody else that can. So anyway... I thought, okay. Well, Ashley had given me some names, and, and I called one of them, 
and I couldn't get, I, I went over there, I couldn't get no answer, so I went over there, and they were still there. So I walked in there, and I asked for a certain girl, and she goes, that's me. I said, hey, my daughter Ashley Stonebarger said, you might be willing to cut my hair today. She goes, well, I would, but I've got to go to this thing here, and I've got to leave right now, and I just don't have time to do it. And the other woman was in there cutting hair, and she goes, well, I'll do it too, but I've got to go to a bass tournament. So <laughs> I said, oh, you're fishing today, huh? She goes, well, my son is, but I've got to go to Lake Eufaula and, uh, enter this and be down there when he's fishing. So I don't have time to do it either. And they gave me another woman to call. That he, she had just left. And I said, okay, I'll call her. Well, I called her. They told me her name. So I, I talked to her. And I said, hey, uh, you think you can come back up here and uh, cut my hair? And they said well, she was going out of town. But it says she just left, so she can't be that far away. But she goes, I'm already gone. So in other words, no, she didn't want to turn around and come back and do it. That's just a, a nice way of saying, no, I don't want to do it. So I said, well, okay. So I thought, man, I need, I need to get a haircut. And uh I kept thinking about it, and I thought, well, okay. I said, I appreciate it anyway. So I got in my truck and was headed home. Well, I went down York Street, and there was a salon there, you know, and I looked at it, and I thought, man, that don't look too crowded. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back. I thought, no, no, I'm not going to go back. And anyway, I thought, no, maybe I will. No, I'm going to go on home. So I went on home and got out there by Andy's uh, convenience store out there on 64 Highway, and that's where that, that little uh, beauty shop there, that's where that woman works that cuts my hair. So I thought, well, I could stop and ask her again. I hate to beg, but then I thought, or I could go on home. And I thought, no, I'm just going to stop and go in there. So I walked in there, you know, and she looked at me. I looked at her, and she goes, you here for a haircut? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, I got a few minutes in between customers, so have a seat there, and I'll cut your hair. So anyway, I sat there and waited. She, got, she was working on some woman, coloring her hair or something. And she goes, I said, I said, you sure this is not a problem, you know? She goes, no, really, I got, I got a little bit of time in between customers. Let me put her in the dryer, and I'll get you over here and cut your hair. So I said, okay. So she got me up there and cut my hair and everything, and she goes, uh, she said, you really had good timing. You know, I said, I appreciate you getting me in here like this. She goes, well, that's all right. You had good timing. And I, and I thought, it's not me timing it. It was the Lord timing it. I said, he got me here just at the right time. Anyway, she cut my hair and everything, and, and uh, when I left there, I thought, you know, I could have uh, give up on it and just said, no, nope, nobody's going to be able to be here to do this. I'm not going to be able to get it done today. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I can go one more, take one more little step there and just try it one more time, and it worked out. But, and but the thing about it is I got to thinking about all the things I went through, I mean, going, uh, stopping there, you know, calling her and going to do my errands and going to that other shop and everything, it delayed me just enough time to get there at the right time where I needed to be there so I could get it done. But sometimes when we go in life, we think things are not working fast enough, things are not working quick enough, but sometimes the delays we have, and I'm not saying nothing bad or anything about delays, it's just sometimes things seem to take a little longer, but it's sometimes it's just the Lord preparing us at where we need to be at the right time. You understand what I'm saying? I mean... You know, if you, if you hurry and go through there, if, I, if I'd have hurried up and went through there and, and ran back down there right quick, chances are she probably wouldn't have cut my hair because she was too busy. She was the only one there. But, but the way it worked out is I was, I was delayed enough where the timing was just perfect. And, you know, God's timing is, is, is perfect. I mean, he's never going to be late. He's never going to be too early. It's always going to be right on time. Amen? I mean, and, that, and, that's, and that's what he wants us to do in our own life. He wants us to do things in his own timing, in his way. I mean, 
He has a better way of doing things than we could ever think of. Everybody agree? I mean, his, his way of doing things is, is, just, is a lot better than what we can come up with. We can conjure up all kinds of things in our head, all kinds of things to do, to try to get ahead, to try to get this, to try to do that. But it's not going to work out near as good as what, what the Lord has for us. The thing of it is we have to trust in him with all of our heart. We have to know his word. We have to spend time in his word, meditate in his word. Let me look. Let's go to Joshua 1 and 8 here. Let's look at that right quick. I was thinking about that this morning too and didn't have it wrote down. But anyway, let's look at the Joshua 1 and 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So we want to keep that book of the law always in our mouth. We want to keep meditating on it. We want to think about it. We want to focus on it. Because then, once you do that, then you'll start observing to do all according to all that's written in here, written in his word. And then, once you do that, then you're going to have good success, and you're going to make your way prosperous. I, for one, want to have good success, and I want my way to be prosperous. And, I, and the only way you can do that, truly do it, in a lasting sense, is to do it God's way. Amen? We have, to, we have to be careful to do it God's way, to do it the way he wants us to do, and trust in him with all of our heart, lean not to our understanding, and all his ways we want to acknowledge him, and once we do that, then he's going to direct our paths. And he'll do it for anybody, anybody. He's no respected persons. Like I said before, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how many times you've tried, how many times you failed, how many times you might have messed up. You know, all you have to do is ask God to forgive you, and he'll do it, and he won't bring it up anymore. He'll, he'll just he'll remove it from you. He won't bring it up anymore. He'll pick you up, dust you off, and say, all right, get back in the game. Let's go again. Amen? Amen.